This is Liberty Lockdown. To all the vets out there, this is your Memorial Day, baby. T-Swift. beautiful that's the most american shit i've ever done anyways it is memorial day 2020 for the people in the future listening back on this godforsaken year um it's been a rough one good god but i didn't serve so i decided you know as a libertarian who's pretty uh a peacenik to put it mildly um i thought it'd be a cool idea to have Stephen the Autistic Mongoose 6 as my guest today. I was put on him to uh, put onto him by some of the Biting the Bullet guys and I was not disappointed. He's got some stories. Um, We don't get into it and I'm not going to go much into detail because it's none of your fucking business but he did have an injury that makes it a little bit challenging for him to speak. Um, I mean, he speaks fine, but just in terms of the recording, if you're wondering why it sounds a little bit off, that would be why. Uh, but he's a great guy, and I thought that he had some really interesting takes on, I guess, how us normies should look at Memorial Day and how he feels about it. And I think, you know, he's a staunch individualist and. I thought that his stories about his service were were really compelling and definitely gave me some greater insight on you know how the rest of us can view these things view these topics especially on days like today so without further ado steven the autistic mongoose six follow him at mongoose six on twitter all right we are with steven the autistic one welcome to the show this is liberty lockdown how you doing man Doing well. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Um, so I got I got put on to you by Jared, who I started following on Twitter a little while ago. Um, big fan of his show, Biting the Bullet. And yeah. um, so you you served with him. It sounds like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, fuck, man. I I've known that guy like probably way too long to be honest. Like I've seen his penis about like six times. <laughs> I'm being completely like out there, and it's, it's you know it's, it's all right. Here you like read Doctor Shoes. Yeah. It's like straight out of a fucking Dr. Seuss book. We used to call him Dr. Seuss penis because like it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Wait, because it's because it's multicolored or what? What's no, but it just doesn't make sense. Like it would not make sense on a man like that. That's why it's a Dr. Seuss penis. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need more more explanation here. <laughs> is it is it is it too small for his body or too big? I'm trying to. I'm trying. Well, to no, it's just like how it gets hard. I guess like you have to like. <laughs> Wait, you see it breaking apart? <laughs> It doesn't like, 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 have you ever like watched like a Dr. Seuss comic book or like read it, like Green Eggs and Ham? Sure. There's like an awkward plant that's like crooked, but then it gets straight all of a sudden, like, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that has to be the only way I can think of this. Like, the, the only way I can actually describe it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I now know more about Jared than I ever wanted to, but that's, that's to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's all right, man. He'll let you know. It's fine. Anyway, so, um, 
give me a bit of your history, man. I, obviously, you guys are in the military. Were you a Marine as well? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> and you guys? No, I, it was cool, man. Those are. Say again. You guys served in Afghanistan. Yeah. Uh, well, we were on the same deployment, different teams, but like we used to, we were like buddies before. We used to hang out, same deployment, but like the way our deployment was set was like different companies did different missions and stuff. And generally, we kept in like the same AO. Okay. You know? And uh, yeah, he was like a team over, but like towards the end of the deployment, he made it over to like my side of the base. So we used to like, no shit, dude, we'd get like a carton of cigarettes, sit there, listen to like pop punk and like cry most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that but, where the Taylor Swift love comes in? Yeah, well, no, that's just like anybody should love Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I know better than to talk shit about T Swift with you guys. Please don't. Like, I have a whole Afghan playlist. It's usually like Kesha, Miley Cyrus, a little bit of death metal from Ice Cube and then Tay Swift. Takes the fucking cake. That is that is a very odd playlist, but I like it, and I can, I can only respect it. Um, <laughs> so so tell me uh, tell me about your service. I mean, obviously it's Memorial Day, so it seems appropriate for us to discuss. You know what you guys think about the the wars. I, I know you're obviously not fans of what we did over there. Um, I just like well, to, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm never gonna like say I'm anti-war. Okay, okay, That's for sure. Sure. Uh, but I can tell, definitely tell you, it's like, <laughs> it has to be a fucking good reason for it. That's for sure. Right. And uh, t- today really like means nothing, if I'm being completely fucking honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I have friends who like lost their lives, uh, a couple of them. But I mean, today just, we didn't even, I didn't even realize it was Memorial Day until like two days ago, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And it was only because our, our buddy who lives in Cleveland, who's from same deployment everything's like hey should i like make the drive down to memorial day and see you guys like are we making a thing of this mm-hmm. and we, we just decide like yeah we probably should probably just hang out for a little bit but and and why do you feel that it's not worth celebrating anything on memorial day is it just because the the actual missions were so bad or i mean it's just humanity like <laughs> and just mm. in general <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of the wars, but I try to I try to be at least uh semi supportive of the troops, you know. I I don't feel like you guys, especially with your, you know, young men are set over there with with uh courage and and bad missions. It's kind of hard to hold you guys responsible, but I what's your what's your perspective after coming back? Are you uh are you, you know, more politically uh, I mean, I t- affiliated or, or have you become more jaded and kind of just stepped out of the so like entirely. initially when I first got out of the military, I um uh, I, I, I I I thought I was like libertarian, whatever, but if I'm being like honest right now, I have no idea what I am. I okay. think I'm just a human right now. Sure. And I, I like to keep it that way, but like it just seems like any direction ever which way you go, there's like some sort of tribe that's trying to grab you, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, groups groups in general just like make me upset. <laughs> Well, that that's why I gravitate towards libertarianism because it's the only group. Well, that... I, I, I'm a registered libertarian. That was the last time I voted, but like, sure. As far as now, I'm into like a like more like a perspective like not participating. Okay, so you're going you're fit. going the the opt out route, and uh, you know that's a big divide within libertarianism and anarchism is like, do you do you consent? Do you participate in the in the system by by casting a vote, I I don't have a real solid answer for that question, so I, I kind of oh no, I I think I do. <laughs> okay, go for it. 
I mean, I, I can't consciously say it's like as an individual that I should make somebody else think this way. And that's basically why I view voting as like a check in the box is like a check to say that the way I think is better than the way you think. So you sure. have to think my way, you know, mob rule. It's basically what the fuck it is. It's mob rule right now. It, it makes absolute no sense. I agree. I mean, it, democracy certainly is, but I, I guess, I guess the only defense I would have for voting for people that diminish the size of the state is that it, it actually, in a sense, reduces the power of that mob because you're, you're trying to give people more of their freedom back. Oh, did you hear that? Yeah, I, I, no, I heard it. I just, I, I can't see it that way. I mean, oh, no, you know, no, I, can't I, see it. I heard a, I heard a ring on my end, so I didn't oh, know. Sorry. No, no, I didn't hear that. No. Okay. I, maybe, so maybe like Ferris. Okay. Well, Ferris, I haven't really voted this way before. Mm. And in the Marine Corps, the only person I probably would actually vote for is like Ron Paul back like 2012. Yeah, probably the last guy I actually would actually thought about voting for, but I mean, he never made that far past podium. Obama got elected again, Mitt Romney, and I just kind of lost interest. He's like, "Well, I'm never going to actually feel like I I have a part in any of this." Right. So I just don't want to have a part. I think that's fair. I mean, honestly, I do. I, that's why I don't I don't lecture people about voting one way or the other. You know, it's do do your own thing, whatever you feel is best to to try and kind of like break the cycle um but i wanted to ask you because jared jared mentioned like you you basically put him on the libertarian path i know he's he probably wouldn't consider himself a libertarian at this point but no uh you know he he's a nice guy uh he really is i think he's giving me way too much credit than where credit is due but like yeah. basically after we got in the military uh i i philosophically i spent like about four months by myself in like this apartment in arizona just trying to figure out like what's next Mm -hmm. you know post-military like I, I went through all the experiences and then when they, the when jared finally moved into that apartment we had i was already like used to being by myself i had my own routine way of thinking but i was a minimalist and the guy had everything already figured out in his own head but like i i guess i was like the guy who was drunk enough to like push him over the edge i guess yeah because <laughs> the way i would like say that i converted him I, i'm not Saying I did, I think he was already converted. He just needed somebody to tell me you're an idiot. <laughs> sure. When <laughs> it was when uh, like the Obama or not, sorry, the Hillary Clinton Trump campaign. I'm like, dude, this is all just fucking stupid. This is retarded. Like, this makes no sense. You're really both of them are celebrities and crooks. Like, it, it, like just you're living in fucking nothing right now. Just like, don't pay attention to it. I'm, I'm telling him. I mean, I, you know, I. I can't quite remember the argument I gave him, but it was something about methodological individualism. Okay. I guess like the only thing that actually can like sway the way people think is like the economy or like what people want to buy, what like serves your self-interest mm -hmm. and sure. like something like that. I used to smoke a lot of pot and like drink a lot. So I was on like a balcony. So I was literally on my entire own pedestal telling this guy, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I think that's what pushed him over the edge. The, the hippie philosopher tactic. I like it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've done the same thing with most of my friends. I just, uh, over the years, enough drunken partying and, and telling them how fucked up the government is, is, is how I convert most people. So, well, yeah, uh, dude, like, I'm, I'm like, the reason why I have to wear pants to the fucking DMV is why there's a fucking problem. Right. <laughs> I, I would go, I would go a little bit. A little bit more broad and just say that the fact that there's a DMV is a problem, but yeah. So the fact I have to go there in pants is an even bigger problem. <laughs> I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, so 
obviously you you served in Afghanistan. What was your reaction when the Afghanistan papers came out? Yo, y'all, I suck. I haven't even read them. Like I said, I've been, the last couple of years is just complete. I don't fucking care. And this is why he wants to get me back on Twitter. And this is why oh, I'm yeah. doing this. Yeah, he's yeah. like, dude, you you fucking got it. Like, read a little bit more, figure this shit out. And like, you can actually probably help out more than like you think. I'm like, oh no, I just want to get drunk and like talk shit. But well, that that's fun too. Uh, you know, I you don't have to read the Afghanistan papers. You lived it, but it would probably give you. Uh, yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, like they literally had no idea what the fuck we were doing there. Yeah. Yep. And and is that is that the vibe you had while there? Yeah, I mean, completely. Like, we would go through like these villages and stuff, and it's like they really had no concept of what anything was. You know, like we would go and talk to these villagers and say, "Well, we're from Kabul. What's the Kabul?" You know, <laughs> no idea. And for folks back home, Kabul is like the capital of Afghanistan. Right, right. It's like the Washington D.C. of these people. Yeah, they had no idea. That's why they're just living like quiet lives for the most part in these little mud huts and like growing their own food a lot of them grow pot so they're basically smoking pot and eating fruit and they're happy like they seem all right yeah it's just different from what you and i would like call all right but that's because we're probably been more indoctrinated than these people have sure but yeah you're minimalist they're basically minimalist and we think we have a problem with the way they live because it's minimal do you think that's why you came back and became such a minimalist? Because you you appreciated that lifestyle? Yeah, I mean, well, I, uh, not all of it, but like, yeah, for for most part, it's just why was I trying to like have all this stuff? You know, like if I didn't need it, and basically what I need, food, water, basically that's what I need. And then there's shit I like, right? And that's why capitalism is fun because there's shit I like. And I want to buy shit I like, and that's what drives the economy. I want to buy fucking shit I like more than I actually need. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. Most that. of the shit, most of the shit I need, I can figure out myself if you let me. Right. Afghanistan is a fucking prime example of that. Because hmm. they figure out how to grow fucking food in the middle of the desert. We're talking about people who can't read a book and they can fucking figure out how to grow food in the desert. Yeah, and we call them simple. Yeah, that's incredible, actually, when you put it that way. Um, well, I was going to ask you, um, obviously, we're we're still quasi-locked down. I know you probably don't want to be involved in politics, but you have to have no. an opinion on the lockdown. Uh, you can believe, uh, like, my life has not fucking changed. Okay, <laughs> I've been, like, so self-quarantine for, like, like, 20 years now, man. It's like... <laughs> The only thing that's kind of like weird is like I, I, I am a fitness dude or like I try to be. Really, I'm not, but like I try to be. Sure. Uh, and the guy who goes to my gym, I'm like, hey, I'll wipe shit down. I won't make it a big deal. Can I just get a key? And he gave me a key, so I just let myself in the gym and fucking wipe everything down. I keep it quiet. And him and I, we blocked out the windows and we say it's closed, oh, but man. I still go in and out and work out. Like it's... This is the most jealous I've been during the entire lockdown. I. <laughs> I have not had a full gym to work out at in three months, and I'm about to die. No, um, we have a figure. Like that's the way about like anarchy. I mean, we can't really fuck things up yet until like there's like an actual spark that wakes up more people. Right. But like it's just these little civil disobediences that make my dick hard, man. Like <laughs> like going to the gym when I can't go to the gym, but like figuring out a way to go to the gym. Right. I feel great right now. I feel like I'm a peak, bro. I'm peak. I got a Roomba. <laughs> I got a fucking gym. I'm, I'm making it work for me, you know? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, 
Well, I, I'm trying to find a gym. Uh, I, I've got, you know, kind of a makeshift deal to try and stay in shape, but I'm definitely putting on some, some quarantine pounds. It's not fun. So you said that, you know, we can't obviously really fight back until there's a spark or there's an awakening. Uh, given that we've just been locked in our fucking houses for three months and the awakening hasn't a- occurred, is it, is it strictly financial pain and uh, starvation that's necessary to get people to wake up? Or do you have an opinion on that? I want to say financial pain. I mean, we give these people handouts right. a little bit. I, I think it's like a. I can't really speak on that one because uh, I the way my quarantine has worked is it hasn't been much different than the way my regular life is. Sure. But like, I think there's people that like saw that their freedoms are being taken away right now, and even if it's something as stupid as like wearing a mask or not wearing a mask, they saw that their freedoms were taken away. But my opinion is like. They're bitching about now. They're holding signs. They're fucking complaining. But like in, in a couple of weeks, the freedoms will give, be given back, and they're gonna fucking forget about it again. Mm-hmm. And you know they wasted their freedom before they had it, and now they're wasting it now. And they get back, and they're gonna fucking waste it again. They have no real concept of what freedom is, because you know to them going to a grocery store without a mask is freedom. But right. to me, freedom is just being able to live self. Self-reliant, you know, like I just want to be able to live self-reliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me both. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a very handy guy, so I definitely need capitalism to survive, which is why I really need uh, civilization to stay intact. I will not be able to defend myself. I, I didn't serve in the military. I mean, not. I do obviously own weapons, but I'm not trained like you guys are. So I really, oh, bro, I can't, I can't fucking like. I'm not. I'm, don't let my dick do my talking for me. I can't fucking dick like a wally and shit. Yeah, but I'll figure it out. You know, like, that's <laughs> right, the thing. right. I want right. the option to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess quarantine's been a good uh, opportunity for us to all learn a little bit about how non-self-reliant we are. I, I'm glad to see that people are starting a garden. And uh, I read yesterday that 1.8 million guns were sold in 28, or not in, uh, not 28 days, uh, in the month of April, 2020. So that's the most in history. I was one of those people. Uh, so I guess that's like the silver lining to the lockdown is that people are actually reacting in the way I would expect, which is to say they have to defend themselves. So, um, you know, you think so, like You think so, but like, I mean, my, my sister is a big evangelical, like Christian, mm. and uh, they go to these rallies and stuff. And they're telling me about the rallies and how like it's liberty and everything. I'm like, well, a group of people, does not seem like a liberty to me. <laughs> it seems oh. like they're still trying to make me think this way, but right. I I don't know. I, I still think people are going to waste their freedoms after this. They're, I really do. Oh, I, I think you're right. I mean, if if you if we can't get people to protest when you know they're locked in their houses for three months and still the like half the people at least are not only staying in their homes happily but advocating against protests, I I think we're in a in a real bad place. Um, yeah, well, well, yeah, it's just it's just empathy, like blanketed by fascism, or like right. fascism blanketed by empathy. Yeah, yeah, and then we have Antifa, who, you know, apparently are protesting in Germany today uh, for the lockdown because they're upset that the lockdowns are being lifted. It's it's horrifying. I I don't I don't understand. I mean, I guess the obvious historical analysis will say that the college system and and Marxism likely led to this path, but uh, it's really horrifying. You know, I. I don't know if if I'm delusional or 
did it, well, I'll ask you, did you feel the same way when, when you were young, did you feel like people valued their freedom more than they do now? Oh, wrong fucking guy to ask. Like when I was young, <laughs> I didn't even know like how to fucking jerk off until it's about like 15. So like wrong guy to ask, man. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, before, before, you know, joining the military and everything, did you feel like people valued their freedom more than they do now? Well, before I joined the military, like I, I, I had no idea what I was thinking. Oh, okay. So you didn't have much of a philosophy. No, I, I mean, no, I, well, I do like, I'm pretty laissez-faire. My entire life has just kind of like worked out for me, which is fucked up to say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just kind of worked out. And, and uh, before the military, like I, my parents like straight up told me, we, we don't have money for you to go to college. So you can either work or just like figure something else out. I'm like, well. Military it is. Yeah. Like, I, you know, because they almost like romanticize the fact you're going to war. Right. And like I was a fat fucking kid, never got laid. So I'm like, well, maybe if I go to war, I could get laid more. Like half worked, but still. <laughs> it half worked. <laughs> <laughs> so before, like I had no concept of what freedom was, I guess is the best way to say it. Okay. You know, like, you. like like when we're kids, like the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is pledge allegiance to a flag. How is that freedom? You know? Yeah. Feels like, like, oh, the only way I could have freedom is if I look at that fucking flag and say I have freedom. Yeah, it was definitely felt a lot more like indoctrination when I was a kid. I guess uh, the reason I ask you is because for me personally, when I was a kid, I was always um, very, very aggressive towards authority. So like I got kicked out of class for not um, standing during the Pledge of Allegiance, not because I didn't love the country, but because I, I hated the concept of having teachers force us all to do it. So I've, I've been a I guess I've been a weirdo since uh since i was no no you just you've been like a different thinker there's something wrong with that you're a you're a weirdo well now we aren't but yeah I'm, I'm unusual for sure well hey i i gotta ask um obviously you you mentioned it when we started messaging uh would you like to talk about your injury no i'm no, sorry well, another time man <laughs> no, another time yeah okay fair, <laughs> fair enough um i wanted to see so obviously you're against voting um, do you, do you hold it against people that do? Do you feel like they're... Well, no, because like, uh, you know, everybody wants to do what they think is right for the world, right? And I think that's the actual underlying factor is what's fucked up. Right. <laughs> but like, the, you know, they just, they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, there's a way we could tell people like what you think isn't right and what you think for yourself probably isn't going to be right for everybody else. We're never going to have a solution. And, and that's why I don't care anymore. Right. Yeah, I guess is why I take a standpoint of like not participating. And if you're laissez-faire, obviously you have to allow people to do to vote, even if you disagree with it, because you're letting them do as they see fit. Yeah, and it's, it's so fucking like <laughs> it's a snake eating the earth. You know the old Nordic fucking philosophy is like there's a there's a whole snake eating the end of the snake and it just circles back around. It's never gonna end. Right. So until there's a way I can figure it out, and that's why I like anarchy because. That's the best way you can figure it out is like knowing that you fucking don't know shit. <laughs> so like there's no answers in anything. There's there's a, a level of genius to that, knowing knowing just enough to know how little we know. I I definitely feel that way. Um kind of the, the deeper I go down this this rabbit hole, uh the more red pilled I get. I I definitely is this feel... a red pill? Like this is like my brain, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that you're you're red pilled, whether you like it or not, man. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're an OG red pillar. Um so 
uh, I guess what's what's the uh, the most embarrassing story you got about Jared, other than the fact that his dick oh is like Doctor Seuss. Was- Trying to do this, do right now. Like, <laughs> I love him. Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, don't, uh, don't tell okay, us like, that gets him in trouble. But well, there's shit, man. Okay, all right. So, like, Marines are known for what? Like, you know, partying too hard, having fun, drinking too much, going to war, being like men, right? Yeah, we're all men. You know, right. fucking. Uh, and, uh, and marrying I, women that cheat on you. Yeah, well, you know, that just comes with, like, any woman's going to cheat on you. I'm just kidding. No, you're all fucking great, but, hey. Uh, <laughs> no, the best story, like, he hooked up with, like, a one-legged girl. Oh, Jesus. She has, one like, one leg, and uh, which is fine. That's great. You know, if you have it, work it, man. But, like, the part that got me with it is, like, he danced with this woman the entire night, like, on the dance floor. What? Bumping and grinding. Had no idea until he got back to the hotel room, and you know the business happened. And like I'm talking, I'm like, bro, like, like you didn't feel that, like <laughs> the entire time, like your is your situational awareness that poor? You can't feel like a plastic leg rubbing oh. against you. It's like, no, I didn't even notice, bro. Like this sounds. They got there, and they're like, you know, like, and here's the kicker, like the way she lost her leg. Was was he was like? <laughs> Wait, the the kicker about the story about the girl with one. There's a kicker. There's a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> the way she lost her leg was her dad was mowing the lawn like two years old and slipped lawnmower went right over her leg. Oh my god! So we used god. to call him. We used to call Jared Father of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> that story sounds so similar. To how I, I slept with a transvestite. Just total situa- situational awareness neglect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Father of the year. We are, uh, we're de- definitely hashtagging that and tweeting this episode at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, um, what, what other uh, stories from... I mean, do you like, I guess that's a good question. Do you even like talking about your service? Do you like talking about working in Afghanistan? No, because it seems so like anticlimactic, you know, like really. Oh, you didn't see honest. much combat there? Well, no, I, I, I did, but like, I mean, well, your definition of combat mine are probably completely different. For sure. I don't even know what you guys would describe it as. Well, Hollywood kind of like took it for granted, you know, like saving private Ryan. That's what everybody's embodiment of combat is, right? Right, right. Mine is more like I'm sitting around waiting for something to happen, and you kind of like poke a stick to make it happen, and it happens. It takes like 20 seconds. You're like fucking bored, and it's done. So like uh, the best way you can explain is like, sorry, I'm drinking. No, no worries. Hours of like boredom, followed by like a couple minutes of intense fear. Right. And for me, my combat, most of my combat experience was like IEDs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm sure you know Jared used to do like missions and all that shit, strikes. Yeah. I was, you know, uh, we did the same thing in our team. We had about nine strikes. And that was, that was our combat. I mean, a couple, like, I maybe fired my rifle about 12 times, wow. 13 times. So, not but we much. killed, yeah, take him. Uh, so, not, you didn't fire it very much. And how, how, yeah, well, you, how long were you there? Eight, uh, seven months, eight months. Okay. okay. So, I mean, it's the same deployment as Jared, but 
like I would call it different like there's different levels of combat. Like I mean the way we did our war was just the way people usually picture war. Sure. But it's still just as stressful, I guess, is the best way I can explain it. Yeah, well you're on high you're on higher work for so long. Exactly. You know? Well yeah, whether you're in combat or not, it, the fact that you know it can pop off at any second. Um I I have an anxiety disorder and I've never served, so I can't even imagine having been over there and you know having real life or death consequences at a moment's notice. Um, it's got to be, got to be stressful as hell. I can't even imagine. Wait, they call hypervigilance. I think it's a term to make for it now. Sure, and that that's the common thread amongst PTSD sufferers is they come back and they can't kind of reduce that awareness to try and function in like a peaceful, tame society. That's my understanding of it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, you probably got better than me. I do like those talks with like um, group talks and shit a couple times. Sure. And, uh, uh, it was mostly like Fallujah and Iraq guys. I'm like, dude, I can't relate to you. And, uh, you know, I went to the VA. I did all that when everybody gets out because, like, I had no really option after that. Like, my parents, I had no way of health care. I had no job. Mm-hmm. My parents definitely couldn't afford me that's why i fucking joined the military <laughs> right and so and you couldn't relate to those guys in fallujah because you just didn't see the the level of combat they did well i could but like i mean i could in a way but at the same time it's like a dick measuring contest every time we, we try to talk oh interesting and like and I, I i never like wanted to try to outdo somebody you know if somebody's hurting or talking about it, i don't want to outdo them you know okay so, so you feel like like the time in Afghanistan was more intense than uh, Fallujah? I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not there. I, I was never there. I wasn't there. Oh. For me, like the only intense thing I could really talk about was like the aftermath. Right. Like it, it's, it's it's not really what's happening in the moment because I'm prepared for the moment. I've been prepared for the moment since like I grew up and I joined and I signed out paper. You know. Right. I was prepared for that moment. The second I turned 18, I went to bat. It's the aftermath. It's like how do I function after the moment, you know? And do you feel that the the military, I guess, failed you guys and not and not giving you the same kind of level of training to de-escalate your minds? Yeah, they're fucking training. Like post like deployment shit was kind of like weak, man. So they you do know? do they do give you some uh, post deployment? Like you can opt to get like refresher college courses, or you can opt to like. TRS, like transitioning out, but it's like a two-week course. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not adequate. <laughs> and like yeah, but... the whole time after deployment, it's like a, a, a day here or a day there, you know? Like right. it, it's just weird, you know? Hmm. You spend your whole life living up to the moment. You get the moment. I could rationalize the moment. I still rationalize the moments. It's like the, trying to like sit here and like be normal in front of people. <laughs> it like kills me. Interesting. So do you, do you look fondly upon, upon those times or is it, is it a bad memory? I get every chance I can to reload those memories, I guess. More like the commodity, like being around like the guys. There's something about having like people who, who made the same mistake. Yeah. You live with them, you know, like, right. There's something about that. I think that's why we all were so close. We made the same mistake, you know? And and do you think of the mistake as signing up for it or as the actual mission or, or just more, your participation? More, more, more volunteering. Yeah. Just volunteering. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, my buddy Dave um, served and he's got, you know, 
some emotional baggage from it for sure. Um, I guess his perspective is that he he's most disturbed by the fact that he was like, uh, I shouldn't speak for him, but I'll just broadly my understanding of what, what his, his take on his service was is that he it's disturbing to him how comfortable he was in that situation and how uncomfortable he is now that he's back. Like he, yeah, he, no, he, that's, that's it. he feels, he feels like he's now programmed almost exclusively for that high intensity environment and like regular no. life is just too mundane or I don't know. I don't know how to put it. No, that's it. Like I, I, I think your friend has a great explanation of it. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, in those moments, it's like second nature to me. <laughs> Hmm. And I'm here, and like you're trying to like talk to like a normal person, you know. I I I started college when I was like 24 years old, and I got invited to frat parties because everybody's nice, you know. In college, everybody wants to accept everybody, you know. Sure. And I, you're like, oh, I'm like, tell me like about yourself. Like I start ranting out like I am now about my shit over there, and like the room just gets fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. They're like, how? They're like, they have no idea how I was able like to even do anything. And the fact, like, yeah, that's what, you, like, I was so comfortable about talking about it. It's like what everybody else hears is a problem, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, I, I've always been comfortable. I think, I think the hard part is that civilians, the, the normies out there, we don't know how to talk to you guys about it because we didn't experience it. Like, we basically, we want to give you a red carpet to express yourself. At least that's how I feel about it. I don't know about everybody else, but, like. Yeah, most wanna... people, like, they, they say that, and then you actually tell them, and they get weird about it. Yeah, I think it's tough because, you know, people aren't, you know, they just, they can't wrap their head around it. Like they definitely, especially if you're talking about, um, you know, actions that took lives. It's like, how do they, how do they talk to you after that? Like normal, you know, it's just because it's such a foreign thing. I, I don't know anybody that's actually experienced that other than my buddy Dave, like that's about it. So it's just, I just don't have a lot of experience with it, but it doesn't make me uncomfortable. It's just that I want to. Um, you know, you're just cautious of, around you guys. I, I know that's weird because you, you're, you're like the toughest sons of bitches on earth and yet we feel like we have to be cautious around you. It's weird. <laughs> no, because you guys are intimidated. That's exactly why. Like you're like, my, my, from what I've heard, most of us are pretty intelligent. Most military members. Sure. We're also intimidating. Yeah, you're so trained like, killers, so. Oh, oh come on, God, come on. We're, we'll talk about that another time. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I take a break and go take a piss? Well, actually, we can we can cut it right here if you want to just do another episode in a couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, it's fine, man. Yeah, we'll do that. Awesome. Well, um, do you have any? You want to put your your Twitter handle out there so people can follow you? Oh, fuck, I I actually don't know my Twitter handle. Twist thing. <laughs> well, I can I can put it in the in the uh, notes for the episode. So yeah. Um, Go ahead, open this shit up, man. Hang on. See, you can tell I'm really fucking good at this technology shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, so I, I'm Steven oh. the Autistic Mongoose Six at Mongoose Six. Yo, yeah, at Mongoose Six. Is that yeah. was that your? I don't know if the proper term is that your call sign. No, it's just like they the fighting mongoose. Or like the, mongoose, like six usually means like the company commander. Okay. And like that's they're all giving me crap for that one, so I'm gonna be like the six. <laughs> where'd the where'd the autistic nickname come from? Uh, our our buddy Tim used to tell me, uh, he's like, "You're the smartest fucking retard I ever met." <laughs> <laughs>
then you were definitely a libertarian long before <laughs> long before you signed up because that's exactly how people <laughs> describe libertarians <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like it just kind of stuck like autistic it was funny awesome well well hang on the line i'm just going to do a quick outro uh yeah this is liberty lockdown this is clint thank you so much for coming on steven the autistic mongoose six uh follow him at mongoose six and we'll have him back on maybe talk a little bit more about i don't know current events or more times in his service or whatever questions you guys might have for him. So thanks so much. We out. Thanks, man.